This is Sean Smithgall and Taylor Stuber, your host of the PGT Podcast. This is the podcast where we explore different topics related to postgraduate training preparation for pharmacy students. Through our series, we hope to give a down-to-earth, enticing discussion on how to prepare for postgraduate training application. All right, the topic today is one of my personal favorites, the letter of intent. So Sean, why don't you just start by telling our listeners, what is a letter of intent? The letter of intent, in my opinion, is a very short document one of the most important pieces of the application process that shows your interest in a specific residency program. It's your one shot to clearly define your career goals, experience, leadership skills, unique attributes, and say how you can benefit the program and how the program can benefit you. That's Yeah, I think that's a good overview of, of what all is basically what a letter of intent is trying to accomplish. So one of the daunting things about the letter of intent is that many of the applicants have never written one before. And so I know that there's a lot of unknown with what all is should be included in a letter of intent and how to format one. So luckily we'll we'll link some of our resources for letter of intent, including a checklist of of things to kind of include with that. But I kind of want to just talk about some of the content of the letter of intent. So you already kind of said how it, you know, it, it covers what interests you in the program and how program's a good fit for you and how you're a good fit for the program. But how do you do that? How do you accomplish that without sounding too generic? Like you said, you really want to use this as a, as a key piece of your application to stand out. So how, how do you accomplish that without sounding too generic? Yeah, I think this is that's an excellent question. I think that's one of the hardest things. It's not just hard because it's difficult to write something like that that's that makes you completely unique, but it also takes a it takes a ton of time. Like the more time you put in your letter of intent, the better it is. Essentially not just writing one, right? We said in a previous podcast that you might as well apply to at least four programs because of the cost of forecasts and it allows you to pay that one fee and apply to four programs. So the most minimum you should write is what, like four letters of intent, but most students write more. And so you don't just want to sound generic in general. You want to sound unique and you want to sound unique for each individual program. So that just takes, that's more time. That's more effort. And then in terms of like, how do you actually sound unique? I don't think we can stress this enough that being specific and not just saying like you're a hard worker, but describing what makes you a hard worker and why and giving an example of a situation in which you are a hard worker and showing that versus just giving like the things you think we want to hear. When I say the word fluff, what do you think of? So I think of things like when they just describe that they are uh, hard workers, they, they, they work hard and they're motivated and that, you know, they're good at managing their time. I think that that is easily can be said of almost all of the residency applicants, and so I, I kind of had a, have a hard time just reading letters of intent and and them just being very generic and kind of listing those you know skills that you think a resident should have versus giving me some more specific examples of of things that make you kind of stand out from from others. Just kind of like you were saying, be being specific. I mean, you could Google what makes a standout residency candidate and just start listing those things in your letter. That doesn't make them true, you know? So the program's kind of looking for, how are you showing me? How are you showing me this? And then similarly, what about when you like try to fluff a program? 
So you say like, I'm interested in your program because of insert rotation one, insert rotation two, insert rotation three, right? How do you voice your interest in a program and be unique about it? Yeah, so I think that's really a good point. And it can be very easy to just insert specific rotations that they offer, even though those types of rotations might be offered at other uh, institutions. But what is it specifically about those experiences? And this might tie back to when you talk to some of the residents about maybe some of the more unique aspects of those rotations or of that hospital or just any of the other unique experiences that that program offers. Really highlight those in your letter, uh, things that you're not going to be able to just find on their on their website and things that really make you interested in the program and, and kind of make you excited about it. I think that's those are just really important things to to consider when you're when you're applying those programs? I think that's an excellent question. And I, I see it so often. Students have the experience and have the uniqueness. They just don't know how to verbalize it. So for example, a student, like you said earlier, time management skills, going as far as saying the time management skills I learned on this rotation is going to prepare me for your program. And so that's generic. Anyone could have that. Anyone could have, you could say that about pretty much any rotation. So one way to make it more specific, because you've had this experience, unless you're lying. So hopefully you're not putting anything lying on your letter of tit. We've had experience, say, getting up and working up patients prior to rounds, rounding with a, a, an interprofessional inpatient team, and being able to balance the responsibilities of like an MUE as well as a journal club and in-service. And this project gave me the time management skills. And the fact that I was able to balance all those as well as be successful in this rotation was is, it prepared me to have the time management skills I believe are necessary in a resident or, or a postgraduate trained person. So that's an excellent example, Sean. Uh, one other example that I think back to whenever I was developing my letters of intent is instead of just saying that I can communicate effectively and balance multiple tasks, I think back to an example that I gave based on my CV where I was a leader of an organization. Our school was part of a satellite campus. And so we had this organization that was running on multiple campuses. And so having to be able to actively communicate with with the leaders on the other campus, I think taught me a great deal about leadership and how to communicate effectively and making sure everybody was staying in the loop to make sure that all the tasks that needed to be done and completed in a timely manner were, were done so without sacrificing quality. So that's just another example of how you can be specific with something that might not seem intuitive and kind of make you stand out as a letter writer. Yeah, and I think an underlying theme there that we're kind of getting at, too, is that you're showing self-reflection. Like, you're reflecting on an experience that you had, and you're showing how you've gained essential skills and capabilities because of that experience. And, and self-reflection is huge in, in a residency program or a postgraduate program. So I think you're showing not only can I reflect upon things I've done and show how I can grow, but I can verbalize it, which is essential. So Taylor, what additional advice do you have about writing letters of intent? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of things that you can kind of pull away that will really help you when you're developing your personal letters of intent. 
So one of the things that I think is really helpful is to actually read examples of other letters of intent. So there's multiple examples posted online with the different pharmacy organizations. And maybe you can ask your preceptors if they have resources available for you to you know, read some just to kind of get a feel of what all is included in a letter of intent. So you're not just, you know, starting off of nothing. So I think that that's really helpful. Also, when you're sitting down to draft your letter of intent, you really need to think about, you know, what all you want to clearly articulate in it. And so having that checklist that will that we've kind of developed with other colleagues from a, across the nation can really help guide your thought process and what you want to include. I also think it's really helpful when you're like you had mentioned, you're writing, you know, a specific letter of intent for each program that you're applying to. And I think it's okay to have kind of a, a general structure or a skeleton, if you will, to go off of, but just to make sure that you're taking each of those from that general structure, you can tailor to each program. And so I would stress that it, it's really important to write these letters, not all at once, but in multiple sittings. So if you get stuck on something, you know, take a break from it and start back a day later or a couple hours later. These things aren't going to write in a day. I think it's, it takes multiple sittings. And for me, it, almost, you know, a couple weeks to, to write these letters. And then when you're, when you're submitting them, just make sure that you're double checking and double checking them and making sure that there's no spelling errors, grammatical errors, things that can be easily fixed or identified. Also just make sure you know, I've heard horror stories of people submitting letters that have the wrong, that refer to the wrong program in there. So just make sure that you're, you know, addressing those things as well. Absolutely. That's the easiest way to not get an interview, right? Is when you're like, uh, yeah. when you're, when you're submitting it to like the um, Dallas uh, University Hospital, and you're like, dear Houston University Hospital, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think uh, one thing that can help with that is not just double checking yourself, but also having your preceptors or mentors, even your peers read it, read it over. Cause I'm sure that you have, you'll be looking at it multiple times. And so it might be difficult for you to, you know, detect those things. So just have somebody else read it and, and, and double check you and, and make sure all your content is there that you want to convey. I think that's another good piece of advice. That's all we have time for today. So we want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the PGD podcast. It's a pleasure having you here.